five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Podcast on the internet. All right. A little Bruce Coburn there. And uh, I don't know what the hell is going on back here, but it, I think this is from Everett, Washington. And it looks like Santa actually landed in a freaking helicopter with some guy with a, with a cape and a mask. Over here. Come on, let's go. Make it happen. The man, the man, the myth, the mighty Jasper. Anyway, I was looking for some kind of vintage holiday stuff for the uh, backdrop today. And I came up with this because it's so freaking unusual, right? Like, what the hell is going on here? You've got this guy who is kind of wearing, like, uh, I mean, you could see that at maybe an eyes wide shut party. You know, this dude kind of looking on over here. I guess that's a that's a plastic doll. And Santa's handing out toys. And then you have, who or whatever this guy is. And then you have the majorettes. And it looks like it landed kind of in this uh, green belt here behind these behind these homes in Everett, Washington. Anyway, I think I'm gonna play Christmas music from here on out. I was searching for a tune today and I like that Bruce Coburn song. In fact, I saw Bruce Coburn live one time and he was actually really, really good. It was one of those memorable concerts that just popped on my radar. I had no plans to go see him. And I was actually staying with this family in Massachusetts and the guy who, um, was head of the household uh said hey man you want to go see bruce cobra with us tonight i said yeah sure who's bruce cobra <laughs> and i'd see you know back in the old music days i'd go through the bins and i'd see his records he looked a little dorky to me so i didn't i didn't really partake but after i saw him um i really got into his music He's, he's a, I don't know what he's doing these days. That was a long time ago. But he was a great live performer. Anyway, that song is about his daughter and how his, um, what? Oh, you want a daughter? You would have been a good dad. And how he was, you know, every parent has this moment when they have a kid. At least if you're halfway sane, you have this moment. And the moment is, gee, I just had a kid and the world is really fucked up. 
it's like all of a sudden the enormity of it hits you in the face. And you're like, oh, shit. What do I do? <laughs> right? I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what happened because the innocence of the, of the child and the, uh, uh, the purity of the child, and now all of a sudden you've got this commitment to this thing that you um, have to figure out how to protect. And anybody who has been a parent has run across those moments. And I'll even venture to say that a lot of these um, program-driven, um, brain-addled Karens who have fought so hard for the jab have that in their consciousness. Like it's twisted, but it's a it's a weird maternal drive to keep your child protected. But in the in the course of all that, what do they do? They subvert the male presence in the household. And then they look to the government or they look to science as the power and the authority inside the household. Because for the most part, women, I would say, by and large, have lost respect for men. And I think part of that falls on men's shoulders because we've ceded our authority in a lot of ways. And we ceded our authority because for a lot of men, they just took low-hanging fruit, whatever that low-hanging fruit was, whether it was pleasure, some kind of, of status, which had nothing to do with real power. So I don't, I don't blame women for losing respect for men and saying, oh, well, I'm going to trust this other authority. I'm going to trust Fauci or I'm going to trust, you know, Obama or whoever, right? I'm going to put my trust in them because they haven't let me down, theoretically. And they represent, in my estimation, the highest values. That uh, and why would they? Why would they fuck us over? Why would they fuck me over? Why would they fuck my child over? And that's not the greatest logic. Now, has there been an open assault on manhood? Absolutely, one hundred percent. In fact, even James Cameron is chiming in now, saying that. Uh, testosterone is toxic and must be removed from males. This is this is this is where this thing is going. So anyway, Bruce Coburn woke up and said, "I got to write a song. I got to work this out." It's the same album he had. If I had a rocket launcher, I almost played that. I almost played it. It's kind of a dark song, but I understand the sentiment. Completely, Jasper. What would you do if you had a rocket launcher? Would you? Would you? Would you burn that mother down? Anyway, welcome to the show. If you're listening to the podcast, and by the way, I apologize for being a few minutes late. I'm still breaking this new computer, and they're just when you do things like this every day, you have systems that are kind of built in, and I don't want to bore you with the details, but. When I when I went to go punch in the the, the 
the, the button to stream, I have to have streaming URL and uh, stream keys. And normally my other computer, that was all set up. That was no problem. I just put in uh, the website and just fill in those slots and then boom, we're gone. Not the case today because this is, I think the first time I've actually used this computer to stream uh, on the website. Yes, I know, I know. You've been such a good cat today. You really have. You've been exemplary. So that's why I was a little bit late, but we're working it out. It's always weird when you get a new computer. You know, and I, I got this new old Mac uh, PowerBook and technically it's a, it's a 2012, um, but it says early 2013. So, um, and I thought it had a pretty good operating system on it. It's got Catalina, but it, but it just comes pretty, pretty naked and raw. So I use things like GarageBand, iMovie, and you can't really find the older versions of those programs because Mac has gone to a completely different, it's the same OS, but a different platform. And once you get to Catalina, it's like that's the cutoff for the, for the old OSs. So I've had to dig around the internet. I actually found a copy of GarageBand that um, I download, which is good. And iMovie might be a bit of a struggle, but there's always the third parties. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't we get in a little love for our sponsor here? And of course, I'm talking about True Hemp Science. And um, last night, I, yeah, I, you know, I've been up since four in the morning today. You know why? Because I went to bed early. I think I was in bed by 10.30. And really all I sleep, even if I'm really exhausted, I might sleep eight hours. Usually it's between six and seven and that's what I got last night. I got about six and a half hours. And I timed my gummy to go off right at a particular time. So that I would allow, so uh, so that I could get to sleep relatively early, and it worked like a charm. So a lot of you who are here and you're watching the show, a lot of you have already uh, partaken of True Hemp Science, and you've come back two, three, four times. I got somebody sent me uh, a text about the THS and they're just absolutely loving it. They think it's, it's the greatest stuff. So I always love to hear people's testimonials around it. And one of the things that you can do is you can also share this link with your friends and tell your friends about true science, especially if you live in the continental US where uh, Chris can actually ship. And I know he's working on new stuff. He's working on new stuff all the time. And I, and I think, you know, if you wanted to, you could put together um, a holiday pack for somebody. You could throw, you could do probably some gummies, uh, maybe some moon dust. I don't know, maybe if you get the moon dust, Chris will throw some gummies in and maybe something else. And you could, you could definitely put together a holiday pack for somebody. If you wanted to give 
a unique gift. I think THS and uh, Trium Science would be absolutely the bomb. You know, it's like somebody sent that to me. I'd appreciate that. Anyway, here's what you do. You're listening on the podcast side of things. It's triumphscience.com forward slash 23 forward slash ref. And um, if you type in 15MINS, uh, you'll, you'll get product. If you spend $100 more, 150 more, you get free shipping. So there you go. There's our, our little THS time. Okay. Let me see who's hanging out here today. Who we got? Who we got? No, these freaking browsers open now. Lovers is a dangerous time. Let's see, why don't we go over here? Let's go to this browser. A lot to cover today. A lot going on in the world. A lot going on in the world. Holy moly. We got the chat lined up. You know, I haven't seen lately is Michael Pafford. I've not seen Michael lately. Everything's okay with him. Okay, we got DJMC. What's going on? Speaking of Michael, that's Michael's sister, Nino. There is my man, Thomas. Double K, Catherine Kramer's here. Uh, Mark M, Mark, we're going we're gonna to hook up, catch up. The Canadian track was kind of for you. A little bit. Uh, Cappy Carey's in the house. What's going on, Cappy Carey? Hucklebuck, 411. Morning. Mr. Key is here. There's my man, Ryan. The color magenta is in the news again. Pantone chooses Viva Magenta as its color. Enter the Magentaverse. Ooh. Mink DeVille did a record. This a follow-up to his great first record called Return to Magenta. Let's see. Queen Lisa's here. What's going on, Queen Lisa? Say hi to the king for me. Don Renee Hart. What's going on, Leo Queen? Good to see you. Double B. Beth Berry is here. Uh, who else? SP Dimples back. SP Dimples might be liking the show. We like that you're here. Uh, I just saw the 2020 US silver dollar with a UFO over Stonehenge. Yeah, they have one with a bat, too. That was right around the coronavirus. Yeah, I would not be surprised if we, hey, Nicholas Williams in the house. I would not be surprised if we get some disclosure here in the next year or two. Just every, just flip everything into a state. I mean, come on, we, we've got Pluto and Aquarius coming. How could we not have some form of either staged or real intraterrestrial or extraterrestrial interdimensional contact? It's got to be on the menu. What's happening, Fran? Good to see you. Glad you're here. Wendy, I got to call you. I'm going to call you. I'll call you today. We will, we will, we will connect, as they say. Uh, let's see who else we have. Anybody else? Maurice 100. Reminding everybody about peripheral. Let's see. Live Coyote, 1963, the year I was born. And I think someone was shot, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I'm going to get into some 1963 commercials. It's a really weird time. Because most of the commercials are pre-1122. And we'll get into it. It's very interesting what was going on in terms of 
like music and culture. It's really before this flashpoint with Kennedy hits. And um, I watched these commercials over the weekend. And some of them are completely mundane, but there are others that are pretty interesting. And there's one, I swear to God, that is influenced by LSD. And LSD was legal at that point in time. Uh, let's see. The Prisoner. The Prisoner is amazing. It's one of the best TV series of all time. Lots of lead up to the 1960s, all right, but it was the tipping point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. All good now. Geez, another weird ass 80s video. <laughs> I believe that was La 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 Human Steps. He was doing the dancing. Run, they're Canadians. Just in time for some 80s hit. Yes, you're here. New phase after the yacht. Uh, well, I think we're going to go into holiday music now. I've been playing some kind of darky, darky, that sounds terrible. Darky yacht. <laughs> That's terrible. Dark yacht. I've been playing dark yacht for uh, the last few weeks. If you've been watching, kind of dipping into uh, the 70s pool. I think last week we did a little uh, little guess who, kind of dark, dark yacht, I think, that one guess who too. You guys' voice sounds so electronically enhanced. Yeah, I don't think so. You didn't, if you listen to Bruce Coburn, you, you're gonna hear the same voice. Trust me on this. I know my Bruce Coburn. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Seems like a song played at thrift stores. Oh man, you guys are rough on Bruce Coburn today. I'd be ready for this song to end. Oh, look, Fran, you're, you're good. You're a good Fran. I like everything he plays, it's not random. Let's see, did I see a volcano blue? They're going all over the place. The volcano watch is a real, real deal now. It's like Uranus and Taurus is kicking in. Scoring Saturn is explosive. It's the way it's supposed to happen, Uranus and Taurus. Dislike it. Hey man, it's not, a, it's not for everybody. The guy looks a little like Rick Moranis. Eh, a little bit. I'm definitely mocking it though. You can mock away. I don't mind Robert Sherman music. It's his show. Why, thank you. Kelly B, that is so nice of you to say that. Uh, let's see. I know how to use mute when you're funny. Yeah, Mauna Loa's live. Let's see what else do we have here. We got Jacqueline. Jacqueline's in the house. What's going on, JMP? Okay. Hey, Janine's here. What's going on, Janine? Uh, things in Arizona. Looking like they're forcing their way to uh, getting people to accept the election results. The heavy hand is coming down on the county commissioners in Arizona. We all can't look like airbrush Barbie dolls. James Cameron is out of his mind. Holly Beth is here. What's going on, Holly? Good to see you. Glad you're listening live today. And if you're on the podcast, you're always welcome to join us. Let's see, we have uh, 
Christine, hey, what's going on, Christine? Got a good crew today. Really good crew. The unlikable remain friendly, friendless. I can spread the good news to no one. Christine, you're the queen of the black pill. Yeah, whatever happened to Michael Baffert? You know, sometimes when people leave, I kind of take it a little personally. I do. Not that it's like, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? Right? Where, where, where did I go off the off the map? Especially somebody who was around for a number. So my first thought is, well, I hope they're okay. Right. I mean, I, I've actually trained myself to like have that as my first thought. And then down the line in terms of thoughts, the other thoughts sort, you know, start to creep in. But I think it's been a really good um, exercise to like, okay, maybe things aren't the way that you think they are. So instead of jumping to conclusions, why don't you hold a little space here and hope that the person's okay, right? We hope they're okay. And if they're okay, then why the fuck did you leave? No, I'm just kidding. We hope he's all right. We'd love to see you again, Michael. You may not be in chat. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Lena, hi, Lena. Rocky, I remember 19, I'm glad somebody does. Magenta is the color from outer space. Ooh, I like that. Uh, worldwide attention, I don't think so. There are people we get a lot more. Uncle Glenn, whatever happened to Uncle Glenn? There are a lot of people that left. It's okay. Have I interviewed Bernard Gunther? No, but I'd like to. You guys should you guys should leave a list of people you think I should interview. Go ahead and put it in the chat. I'll look at it today. All right, I think we're pretty much up to speed. Okay, why don't we jump into the show? So the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about Trump. And this uh, this tweet that uh, he has. So this is what Trump said, and I think it's important to take a look at it because some people are saying he's actually promoting getting rid of the Constitution. I, we're in, here's where we are. We're in weird Gemini world because Trump is a Gemini, Kanye is a Gemini, or Ye is a Gemini, Jason Brashears of Archaics is a Gemini. Owen Benjamin is a Gemini. By the way, Owen's latest video on Jason Brashears uh, takes no prisoners. So some of you may not be interested in watching that, but I thought it was interesting. But anyway, we're getting a weird kind of initiation into Gemini world. And when you get into Gemini, there's, there's like a hyperspeak or a metaspeak. And, and whether or not they intentionally um, 
go down this path, they'll, they'll talk about things that exist on a couple different levels. And clearly Kanye has talked about, or Ye has talked about a number of things that exist on multiple levels. And you have to, you have to kind of reassemble some of his thoughts because of how strange they come out sometimes. But Trump is the same way. So when he talks about certain things, you have to use, use the secret decoder ring. So do I think he's actually talking about trashing the, the, uh, uh, the Constitution? No, I don't think so. Let's, let's, this is what it says. So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democratic Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election, question mark, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and not would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Trump is like a Rorschach test because you'll see what you want to see with Trump in a lot of ways. There are other ways where he's sometimes painfully transparent, like when he did his 20th victory lap for the vaccines. It was painfully transparent. And by the time he got to lap three, it was just really cringy. It's like, please just shut the fuck up. Okay. Yes. Yes. You're Albert Schweitzer. We all, we all know that. But there are other times when you'll see what you want to see with Trump. So if you're somebody who thinks Trump is a tyrant, and I don't really believe he's a tyrant. Well, let me let me hear, let me rephrase this. I think he, he can be tyrannical, but he certainly didn't run his presidency like a tyrant. I'm sorry. He failed. He utterly failed. There are other presidents, one that preceded Trump, who was much better, much, much better at channeling the tyrant. Even, even George Bush Jr., or he's not really Jr., because if he was junior, he'd be George Herbert Walker Bush versus um, George Walker Bush, right? So it doesn't really make him a number two. But he, he was a tyrant. He was an enfant terrible, right? He was a spoiled little brat who pretty much got everything everyone, he ever wanted, including a baseball team. He owned the Texas Rangers for a while. Governor of Texas. Um, yeah, I mean, and then he becomes president and, you know, runs his um, spoiled little tyrant trip on everybody else. So he, he was definitely a tyrant. You're either with us or against us. Conniving with the neocons to go in and start snatching resources oil in Iraq, opium in Afghanistan, whatever they can get in Libya, though that came a little bit later. Trump was not nearly tyrannical enough for my taste. 
In fact, I would say as a president, Trump was kind of a center. Just being honest here. But let's again read this. So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception, we're working closely with big, big tech companies, the DNC, the Democratic Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? Question mark. A massive fraud of this type of magnitude allows, this is the important part, for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the, in the Constitution. So what I take from that is that when they have an election that is fraudulent and, and, and they've had fraudulent elections for a long time, but please, let's not be naive. Let's not think that all of a sudden they conspired against Donald Trump to been stealing elections for a long time, long time. Harry Truman stole an election. Uh, JFK likely stole his own election when he went up against Nixon. Nixon was favored to win that election. So this stuff's been going on for a while, right? So I think what he's saying is that when the massive fraud and the magnitude of the uh, corrupt election it allows for the termination of all rules. Now, if you're on the anti-Trump side, you could read that as, well, look what he's proposing, that we get, a, get rid of all the rules because the election or the fraudulent um, results of the election vitiate the Constitution and everything else. Boom, done, right, over. I hope I use that word in the right context. I'll have to look at that. It popped into my head. Anyway, uh, you can you can look at that, and clearly, you could walk away from that statement thinking that. Even those found in the Constitution. Then he says, "Our great founders did not want, would not condone false and fraudulent elections." That's not how I read that tweet. How I read the tweet is that. Now, could he have used a different word or a different phrase? Allows for the termination of all rules. A massive fraud of this type of magnitude um, was used to override all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found. That would be more clear or using the word weaponized. A massive fraud of this type of magnitude was uh, weaponized against all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. That would be different, right? That would be different. You, you would read something like that and say, oh yeah, he's not talking about dissolving the Constitution. He's clearly stating that the, that the election fraud weaponized what was going on and torpedoed the Constitution and the Articles of Confederation. Everything else goes wrong. But he didn't do that. So there's this gray area here that's interpretive. 
it to me, this, this tweet is like a Rorschach test. Now, who knows? Maybe in Trump's mind, he would like to terminate the Constitution. Maybe, I don't know. All I know is that he let that little five foot, how, how tall is Fauci? Like five, three, five, four at max. He let that little weasel push him around the entire time he was there. He allowed Deborah Burks to cut side deals with Mike Pence and Jared Kushner because she realized that she could get what she wanted through having an alliance with those two versus Trump. He allowed Mike Pompeo to run his rehearsal that went live, right? That all went around. That all went on around him. If he was going to terminate the Constitution or become really tyrannical, that was the time he should have done it. Trust me. I, he, he had so much more power at that time than he understood. The problem with, with, with Trump, as I see it or saw it then, are the people that he surrounded himself with. But taking advice from Jared Kushner, I mean, Jared Kushner was his handler. There's one thing that uh, Ye West is right about is that he's, he was his handler. Everything went through Jared and Ivanka and then whoever else was in his, in his inner circle at you know, whatever time that was happening. But he could have shut everything down. I would have shut everything down. I would have shut it all down. And I would have like put pressure on the media. I mean, everything. Like, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. That's what I would have done. But by the time, and I'm gonna give it 30 days, and by the time it was 30 days was up, COVID would be over. It'd be over. And I would have taken every single network task and said, here's what's gonna happen. You're not, you're not gonna broadcast anything. We're in a state of emergency. And the broadcasts are coming out of the White House for the next 30 days. You don't get to comment on anything. You don't get to run me down. We're, take, we're taking it over. We're taking over. And he could have done that. He could have done that. He could have controlled the narrative. Trust me. Those, those, those little switches are in there for continuity of government. And then work the back channel and say, here's what's going to happen. When the switch comes back on, you're going to have very different coverage about what's going on here or else I'm going to revoke your license. That's what I would have done. It's just sad, Jeff Zucker and everybody else down there. So this is what's happening. And if you don't like it, well, it's the way it is, right? The, the, the safety of the country is at stake here. And just take it over. And then the switch comes back on, COVID is over, he's got an announcement, all the other networks chime in. Oh yeah, the president's done a fine job at responding to this international crisis. We're thankful for his leadership. He he got pushed around by everybody. Everybody. He got pushed around by fucking Tony Fauci. 
I can use the word Hitler here, can't I? It's little Hitler. That's what Dr. Fauci is. Um, so yeah, I think with that, with that tweet, I don't think he's saying that he wants to get rid of the Constitution. It's a Rorschach. Wherever you chime in on Trump, that's what you'll see. That, that's my sense. I could be completely and utterly wrong. But he had his chance. He could have, he could have chopped up the Constitution when he was president. He, he, could, have, he could have really seized power during COVID. But instead, what he did is he allowed outside agencies to seize power. He let the CDC seize power. He let NIAID seize power. He let BlackRock seize power because he brought BlackRock into the freaking money stream, putting them right in between the Fed and the Treasury. Right? So he let third parties seize power. That's exactly what happened. Trump himself was, he was, in my estimation, he was a simp. He was in, and I think he ultimately let people down. Talked a really good game. Maybe the first year, first year and a half, he had some fighting. But I think by the time they came around to the second impeachment, I mean, how much of this could anyone, any one individual take? I mean, seriously, how much of it can any one individual take? And he's got Mars on his ascendant. So he's always going to be in some form of conflict. So he's probably used to it. But even I think Trump has his limits. And think of all the, I mean, I've talked about this before. And by the way, this is not me standing up for Trump and championing Trump. I'm just seeing it from a different perspective that every single day, what, what if, you know, somebody like me or somebody who does live stream or whatever, every single day you had legions of people hating you. I mean, that is some energetic black magic. And that's just people that are watching and hating, right? That, that, that doesn't include witches. And there were witches that were running spells, incantations, and programs on Trump all the time. All the time. So he was under immense spiritual, psychological, and emotional assault. I, I don't know too many people that can handle that. And you could say, well, he was, that was part of his gig. He paid off handsomely. Uh, he had his, his debts zero, whatever. Right? That's a big price to pay. Really, really big price to pay. I just don't know too many people that can handle that. And who knows? Maybe that's not even the person who we, th who we think he is or it was. In any case, I don't think he is clamoring to end the Constitution. But if he lives rent free in your head, you can certainly, I can see where you can make. All right, let's go on to another Gemini. Kanye West showed up on Gavin McGinnis and Censored.TV. Now, uh, Gavin recently, if you don't know who Gavin McGinnis is, I'll give you just a quick little thumbnail. 
Uh, Gavin McGinnis was one of the founders of Vice Magazine, which originated out of Canada. It must be Canada today. Um, originated out of Canada, and Vice Magazine was known for its weird, edgy pop culture takes. And I actually uh, knew some of the guys from Vice uh, back around 2000, 2001. And some of them were really cool. Really cool. Um, Vice was a little sophomore, definitely on the cutting edge. And then uh, Gavin wound up, I think he was partners in Vice. They wound up selling it. And then he matriculated into things like live streams. I think he got his first break with um, Ezra Levant on The Rebel. And I started to see, I started to watch Gavin right around 2016. I thought it was pretty funny, actually. He definitely had some funny moments. And he's also the founder of the Proud Boys, which is a weird thing. First of all, I think the name Proud Boys is really gay. I'm sorry if you're gay. This is not an aspersion towards your um, physical and emotional um, attraction. Okay, I just think it's a gay name, Proud Boys. It's, 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 it sounds like uh, an anthem from Frankie Goes to Hollywood from the 80s. That's what it sounds like. Proud Boys, with that kind of semi-industrial disco beat in the background. Proud Boys, Proud Boys. You can get kind of a chant thing. So that's what it sounds like. Anyway, it's just a weird thing. So the Proud Boys um, came on the scene when they, when uh, Antifa, you know, all these assholes were on the streets, a lot, a lot of them, by the way, were, were intel. A lot, a lot of Antifa was run, run by uh, people like, well, uh, Clapper and uh, the other guy, Brennan. I mean, those were really the brains behind Antifa because they were, they were running alternate intelligence networks and they had people still inside the agencies. Clapper was head of the NSA and um, Brennan was uh, head of the CIA. So, and then and I think the other person that you have to bring into the mix behind the operation were people like Obama and Hillary Clinton. These were, these were all strategic psychological operations that were unleashed on the American people. So Proud Boys was used as a or created, um, because I think Gavin McGinnis got punched out. I think that's how it all started. He got punched out at an event in New York City. So he's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to start my own security team. And I think that's where the Proud Boys got their start. So a couple of the Proud Boys got into a street hassle. And I think, I think they're in prison now. And then, of course, the most famous Proud Boy was Enrique Tarrio, who is an FBI asset. And Gavin never talks about this. He never addresses it. It's the big elephant in the room. And Enrique Tarrio was on Alex Jones 
once a week easily um, during the in the run up to the 2020 election. Enrique Tarrio got a ton of FaceTime. And then when he was flying into JFK for the third weekend of Stop the, Stop the Steal and the March on the Capitol building, um, the FBI picked him up at, uh, at the airport. Was it uh, Reagan Airport in they picked him up. That was an extraction. They weren't arresting him. It was like he was done. He had done his job. They'd got all the intel they needed out of him. And they're like, okay, we're pulling you out. And so we could look like Enrique Tario had crossed the FBI or was in hot water. He really worked for them. He was an informant. So he was the leader of the Proud Boys just underneath Gavin McInnes. So Gavin McInnes has been accused of hate speech and canceled, and he freely um, condemns certain groups, except for the one group that Kanye has been condemning, or Ye has been condemning. So in that regard, Gavin is what they call uh, a Shabbos boy. But he'll have no problem of no problem uh, ripping blacks, homosexuals, trans, uh, liberals, no problem whatsoever. But those who should not be excuse me, those who should not be mentioned, um, he is a, uh, an absolute uh, guardian, a defender of the faith. So He's been canceled. He can't, he can't go back to Canada. Canada won't have him. And he lives in New York. And he has a show called Uncensored TV. And he's also, he also does a show with Anthony Cumia. So he did, a, he did an interview. Looks like it was at like an airport or a mall or something. I don't know where they did this thing. But why don't we play a little bit of it? And um, I have to say, Gavin did a pretty good job here. Now, astrologically, he's a cancer. See, I think astrology really matters when it comes to interviews. But I was thinking about the Alex Jones interview. And Alex Jones is Aquarius. And Kanye has uh, Venus, Mars, and Mercury all in Taurus. And they all square uh, his sun and his Mercury. And it's not really good. That's not a, that's not a good match, even though they're both air signs. He's going to be in conflict with Alex. Now, Gavin McGinnis is a cancer. Ye is a cancer rising. And even though uh, Gavin was promoting the practice of kind of conversion therapy, uh, I think he does a pretty good job. Let's just play a little bit of it. Let me, let me go somewhere uh, in the middle so you guys can, whoops. this. Let's go at about nine minute mark and see where we are. I'm just jumping in here. And of course, Kanye's got his new attire, which allows him to channel, um, according to Kanye. So here we go. Let's, let's play a little bit of this. 
Sling. They complicated the system. They put it in Yiddish. <laughs> Every business needs a hipster, a hacker, and a hustler. We're good hipsters in that we're creative. The hackers and the hustlers, that's like the tech guys. Asians tend to dominate the hacker part, the tech part. Hustlers, salesmen, guys who can set it up, they tend to be Jewish and they would be an integral part of your campaign. These stereotypes exist for a reason. Sure, I'm fine with stereotypes. I'm sure we'll get a lot of Jew votes, but the only thing about there is just actually not a lot of Jew votes because there's actually not a lot of Jews in True. America. You know, there's five million Jews in America. We have, you know, if you include the uh, illegal, uh, illegal aliens, there's 400 million Americans. There's how many potential voters are there in America? 300 million potential voters, 260 million. Sure, right. Yeah, 260 million voters, but yet the Jewish people run America. And also they got China scared, and I don't think that they run, yeah, I, don't th I don't feel like they run Russia, but everywhere else, they're all in South Africa Mostly now. the oligarchs are, are uh, Jewish, aren't they, in Russia? Okay, well, they, they, they run that too. But Christ, <laughs> Christ runs the world. Jesus Christ is king, and there's a power structure. Uh, I talked about it on Alex Jones, where it's the old, old families, and these aren't, even, these aren't Jewish guys, it's like Italian, like Medici, that territory. Then it goes to Vatican, which is the blood of Peter and not Paul. And Peter denounced Jesus. And then you go to Black Guard, I mean, Black Rock and Vanguard. You go to the financial groups. And then beneath that, you have governments. You have the world leaders, so to say. Then you go to Hollywood, where Ari Emanuel is getting too much credit because even though he couldn't, his UFC fighters couldn't even. He couldn't make them any money until they got on YouTube. He's still considered this like champion Hollywood guy because he's the one that wrote the open letter after he uh, had the humiliation ceremony with Elon Musk. And that's the reason why I said that, remember this is my last tweet. It wasn't about Elon being overweight, is the fact that Ari Emanuel was hosing down our favorite Iron Man, Elon Musk. And I said, bro, you know, what is the point of having all of that you know, money and all of that intelligence to go in and you buy Twitter and they basically, they're like, we're gonna bankrupt you and pull all of the advertisement unless you bow to the Jewish people. And that's something that I'm just not willing to do. And then Ben Shapiro is running this narrative that I'm gonna kill myself, right? And he's like, oh, due to his mental health, he's gonna kill himself. That way, if they did, uh, attempt to kill me or kill me like they killed Michael Jackson or JFK uh, then or uh, Aaron what is the guy's name Aaron Carter the guy who wanted to talk to me uh, uh, about the Harley passing X situation if they did do that they would say oh it's Ye's mental health so it's like how many times do I have to prove or how many times do I have to do something like so miraculous for people to see that it's brilliance and it's not mental health. Like me wearing a mask gives me this ability to not have to worry about showing my face so I can think about what I'm saying and I can channel. When you load up a picture of Michael Jordan, he's smiling, he's jumping from the free throw line, he's got his shirt off. When you load up a picture of Phil Knight, you can't even see him, he's got his hat low. You know, he's jogging 10 steps ahead of his wife. I've actually seen him do this before. When I saw that in real life, I was like, oh, that explains my issue with Nike. 
And then uh, Nike, then Phil Knight goes and supports uh, a conservative Republican on purpose as a, as a, how do you say F you in Christian? As a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Screw up? As, as a slight to Nike, no. right? And then he goes and says, he comes back to say, oh, Kyrie, you took it far. Shut the, shut the hell up, Phil Knight. Nobody cares. You ain't, no one's exploited the culture more than Phil Knight and Nike. Nike is not even a progressive, a prosperous organization anymore. Nike is a, what is the op opposite of uh, prosperity? Disparity. This is a disparaging organization. Nike is used to gerrymander because black people like Nike. So Nike writes BLM on the side. Nike gets LeBron to say whatever he's paid to say, right? In order to control the black votes and to keep the black votes inside of a 90% net that we vote as a block. And we're so used to the pain. You start with the sugar, then you take the fathers out the home, then you put the sex trafficking strip clubs, um, then you put the alcohol, the Hennessy, all in that. And then if you have someone, you say, look, over here, you're not gonna get any of that, but you're gonna get freedom and prosperity. No one knows what that tastes like. People know, know what pain tastes like. They know what the Hennessy tastes like. They know what not having a dad there tastes like. They know what uh, mom having a, in, in the DR, mom, you know, the mom, people have to go into prostitution a lot of times. So they know what that tastes like. So people, the devil, you know, they trust the devil they know versus the one that they don't know. And right now you got a thing where me as a black man that was separated from my dad and my mom was a liberal and she went to a state school called Chicago State and she, they gave her a job there. Uh, and put me on the south, put us on the south side of Chicago on 79th Street. My experience, right, has brought me to be the richest, you know, black man of all time, a multi-billionaire. And the people at Adidas, they wouldn't even take meetings with me. And I was 68% of their online sales and brought Adidas back. And then I, when I was in the Kardashian family, I had no say so on where we had Christmas. There was only one time that I even got to design the Christmas party. Or when I had the meeting with Trump, it was all about how I could help him with the black vote. So I see as a black person, you know, we could talk about race, yeah, race, the whole world's racist, we get it. But it's more that black is looked at as like a, a vehicle. It's like a Mercedes Benz. It's like if someone has a bunch of cars, this is the way politics works. It's like someone has an SUV. Well, that's the 70% white America. That's my family car, right? But then they got this motorcycle over here that maybe they need to ride on the weekends. That's the black vote. And nobody better steal their motorcycle. Oh, Ye's wearing a red hat. He's trying to steal our motorcycle. We need to keep our motorcycle right here in this one place in case I want to drive the black vote into where we want to drive it. And I have this cousin, like I, a lot of people in my family, and this is the reason why I don't ever show up to no family reunions. A lot of people in my family are like cops. They're literally police agents, went to war and all this stuff. So my dad is always trying to put me on the phone with cousins and family members I never heard of. And right when they, you know, they get to texting a lot of stuff, I'm like, look at this woke dude. And I, I tell him I put the woke to sleep. We can save all that woke conversation for me because that woke conversation is just 
rehashing black misery and complaints yeah. with no solutions. You know, we're inventors here. Uh, I, I, gave, I gave a bit of the, the perspective right now, but what I'd like is, and what I uh, praise God for is, we are beings with engineering opportunities. There's a lot of culture that we gotta just clean that out. We gotta say, okay, for a fact, there's a collusion of Jewish attorneys, managers, and everything else you can think of that they don't abort their children, they only marry within their tribe, right? And then they'll give America porn, not just black people, but poor white people and Mexican people. They, do, they, they use porn in wars, it's like gas. We wanna talk about gas chambers. This is the gas chamber, it's a silent killer and it's legal and they put it on every single block and they use my ex-wife to sell it and they, they also they wanna dumb us down. Look, let me let some of these other incredible individuals speak for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put my hand back on the Bible. <laughs> uh, Jews suffer from porn the same way everyone else does. The idea that they are controlling everything and then saying, I'm going to use it to sabotage the white man. You look at Jew birth rates, for example. That sounds terrible. But you look at like Orthodox, uh, Hasidic, and secular atheist types. They're not having any kids either. So they're, th this whole idea that they're like, Jews will not replace us, Jews are wiping us out. The, the, these elitist Jewish people are wiping themselves out. They're the victims of the same porn. So my point is that if you look at real Jews, Orthodox and, and, and more Drug dealers get addicted to crack too. Right, but the idea that they're over here going, <laughs> they're over here like pulling it down with the rest of the elite globalists. They're all destroying Western culture. That's Satan. And the, the, sure. main, the main issue for any religion, the main issue is that Christ is king. Christ is the true king of Israel. Christ is the king of all kings. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you are wrong. And anyone that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ should not be in control or any influence to anything that America produces, be it media, technology, politics, farming, medicine, prisons, if you do not believe in Christ and you're not following Christ in the decisions that you make, you should have no influence on that. Well, that's going to be a tough thing to institute. So, so you're president of the United States. The, the Hitler thing does not hurt your campaign. First day I, I, in it helps my campaign. Okay, it helps your campaign. Yeah. You're in office. It's day one, and they go, someone walks in, and they go, so what are we going to do about these Jews? What do you say? What do you mean do about them? What, what do you well, is there about? any action involved? Like they, they're overly represented in med lots of people who don't believe in Christ. I would, I would probably wager that in your average hospital in New York, maybe a third or less believe in Christ. So are you suggesting we get rid of two thirds of the doctors? Not get rid of, like not violently get rid of them. Fire I think, them? I think that Jews are very intelligent, but they don't deserve to be in charge of everything because they don't put Christ and, and well, how do you legislate that? They need to work for Christians. Jews should work for Christians. I'll hire a Jewish person in a second. If I knew they weren't a spy and I could look through their phone and follow them to their house and have a camera all in their living room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. You got to admit, Kanye is fucking entertaining. And this whole mask thing, I've just been, I've been tripping off the mask. And I'm trying to figure out, well, like, what's going on here? Well, first of all, he reminds this thing. He looks like he's got sunglasses on too. 
I think there's glasses on underneath the eye slit so you can't see his eyes. I think that's, he's also got the sunglasses thing going on. He reminds me a little bit of a villain from wrestling, from pro wrestling. And he also reminds me of a comic book character. I don't, I, I don't know what comic book character he is, but he he's, he's gone into like Toon World here. But he's using this as a device so that he can, so I guess, stay in touch with his thoughts. Anyway, it's a really interesting interview. Um, it's over on BitChute, and I and I think that uh, Gavin McInnes did a did a fine job uh, in his own Gavin sort of way, right? He let him he let him talk. Gavin listened, um, and by the way, Gavin is very opinionated. And I've seen him talk over people, but I think he actually likes comment. He was there to try to convert him from um, <laughs> his anti-Semitic ways. I think it was kind of hilarious. Okay, where do we want to go? Let's take a look at 1963. So I'm going to cruise through this video and we're going to make a few stops along the way. And um, let's pay attention to some of the things going on here. It's really fascinating. So this is uh, Fred Flix, and Fred Flix has a channel on YouTube that has a lot of old commercials. Used to have some old TV shows, but it's mostly old commercials and intros and outros for older TV shows. All right, so this is how they were selling America in 1963. <laughs> wheels are turning no matter what the load the name that's known is firestone where the rubber meets the road just remembered anniversary first of all you're gonna see a lot of cigarettes keep that in mind this is the first this is the first cigarette commercial day. Mr. Florist, a big bouquet. He said, take these roses, you can't go wrong, and have a smoke. This won't take long. Viceroy? That's right. He said, Viceroy tastes the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong. Not I just want to make a mental note. There's something I want to return to about Kanye before the end of the show. Um, he said something I thought was very important. We'll go back to it. At least I'll go back to it in my head. I just had to make a middle note. Okay, here we go. Too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right. Made another stop that night and treated myself to the taste that's right. Gonna thank that florist for his advice. Roses and Viceroy. Thank him twice. So now I know and I'll take all bets. If you smoke all seven filter cigarettes, you'll find some too strong, some too light. But Viceroy's got the deep weave filter and the taste that's right. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. This morning is special, and Mom's getting the credit. Hey, Betty, this shirt will be great to drive in. You got it so soft. Mother, my sweater's fine Hello. now. It doesn't cling. Hey, Mom, what a towel. You got it so fluffy. 
Well, but let's give credit where it's due. Downy. Downy Fabric Softener, new from Procter & Gamble. A little downy in the final rinse gives every wash load deep downy softness. Makes remarkable things happen. Like ironing. Things dry so soft and smooth, my iron almost slides by itself. And baby's clothes. They're not scratchy anymore. Leave it to Downy to get shirts soft, make towels fluffy, take static cling out of synthetics. While I get... The kid is so into the towel, he brings it with him. Man, this towel is so, so soft. I don't know where we're going, but this towel is coming with me. Get all the credit. New Downy Fabric Softener. Wherever wheels are turning, no matter what the load, the name that's known is Firestone. Where the rubber meets the road. Meets if the you're road. carrying steel or tilling the soil, gonna visit grandma or looking for oil. For the youngest driver and the real old pro, for a jet to land or a lawn to mow, for moving mountains or for stocking geese, following a golf ball or keeping the peace. Wherever wheels are turning, no matter what the load, the name that's known is Firestone, where the rubber meets the road. Firestone, your symbol of quality and service. So one of the things that is popular during this time is folk music. Rock and roll is in a really weird place. It's in this, there's this valley, right? And then after Kennedy dies in November of 63, you have the first Beatles record that shows up on the same day that he dies in Canada. So it's North American soil. Um, I think it's Meet the Beatles, if I'm not mistaken. That's the first record. And then you have this whole explosion of, of uh, rock bands from Europe, from mostly England, right? Um, Jerry and the Pacemakers and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and uh, the Yardbirds, uh, Spencer Davis Group, right? All those bands start to come on the scene. And then prior to that, there was a big, a big rock and roll thing happening in America. But then Chuck Berry goes to jail. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis marries his cousin. Um, Little Richard is kind of too lewd and lascivious. Buddy Holly dies. So all these American rockers kind of, you know, get pushed to the side. And this, this kind of rock and roll frenzy dies down. And this is the folk period. This is the folk era. You'll see in here, I think the new Christy Minstrels show up in one of the commercials. And even that song has that kind of uh, folk ballad. Like it's the ballad of Firestone and it's tired. So we're here at the genesis of folk music, which becomes a very popular scene, especially as it relates to the protest movement and the civil rights movement, right? Interesting, Firestone is red. Let's go keep going here. Now, here's Again, the folk music. The Hilos. Edie Adams. Smoking cigars. From coast to coast, a smoker falls of Muriel cigars. 
can smoke and write with Muriel today. Muriel, Muriel, Muriel Cigars. It makes no difference where you are with Farmer City folk. The smoking crowd knows Muriel's a very... So where do you think they got the village people from? I mean, they're, they're one Indian bonnet away from the village people. Seriously. You got the cop. You got the hard hat guy. You got the cowboy. And then you have uh, sort of the Frank Sinatra mafia dude. So they're, they're one Indian bonnet away from being the village people. But you can hear the folk music. This is, this is the soundtrack. Folk music is the soundtrack of 1963. Very special smoke. The extra mild tobaccos have a taste that is sublime. Why don't you pick one up and smoke it sometime? Try a Muriel Corona. Long for luxury, light for pleasure. A premium cigar for... For all you youngsters, Edie Adams was the wife of Ernie Kovacs. who was a pioneer of early television. Ernie Kovacs loved cigars. And by this time, he passed away. So they decided they were going to make Edie Adams the spokeswoman for Muriel. And she was the spokeswoman for Muriel for about, until about 1968, 1969. So good, good seven-year run. Not a bad gig. Ten cents. Muriel, Muriel the next time you go looking for a special kind of toy, look for Cecil the Sea Serpent and Lovable Beanie Boy. Cecil and Beanie. He looks fucking evil. This is pretty avant-garde for season three. Wow. Hello, Cat. Curious? It's the new Super Torque Ford. Interesting? It's just... There's a whole new world of luxury in this nice world. Be our guest. Feel that deep pile wall-to-wall -wall mm. carpeting. It has extra nylon for longer life. Or is it lives? See Ford's optional swing-away steering wheel. Illuminated ashtray. Okay, another thing that was big back then was the coffee humiliation rituals where the wife makes a shitty cup of coffee and the husband 
is not well pleased. And so the wife fretting that her husband will remove his uh, affection and his uh, monogamy from her panics and seeks out the perfect cup of coffee. This is not uncommon in the early 60s, by the way. Oh, this coffee is criminal. Honey, you killed the petunias. Then you admit it. Your coffee really is murder. Papa Eddie, my coffee, it's murder. It's either too bitter or too weak. Try Folgers. Never bitter, never weak, always nice. Papa Eddie's probably a refugee from Operation Paperclip. And this is just an undercover dick. Enrich, because Folgers coffee is mountain grown. Mountain grown? Like the sign says. Mountain grown for richer flavor. Mountains is where the best coffee comes from. Well, all right. You know, it's a crime not to have delicious coffee like this all the time. We will, now that I've discovered the mountains. Folgers Coffee, mountain grown for richer flavor. This is more fun than chasing squirrels. I'm a lucky dog to be going along on their vacation. Hi, fellas. So that's that's an interesting moment, right? You they have this little scene here, and the kids are fishing, and then you have white kid, black kid, white kid, right? So they're already working on integration here in commercials. I think part of it has to do with the fact that uh, companies understand that they need to start marketing their products to not just white families, but there's also like the same kind of consciousness that infiltrates commercials now was infiltrating commercials back then, which is we need to make commercials more equal, except now they're, they've gone beyond the pale and they're not just equal, they're, well, inverted. All right, let's keep going. Hi, fellas. Funny looking dogs. Sure grow them big out here. Hey, hey, we're coming to a stop. Must be time for supper. Good, because I'm hungry. Bet if it weren't for Gaines. So it's a Gainsburger commercial. All right, let me let me move up a little bit here. There's one commercial that I want to show you. <laughs> it's kind of mind blowing. It's kind of like um, somebody got a hold of some LSD twenty five and decided that they were going to get creative with a commercial. Find it. Scroll through here. Got Cheerios. Where is that thing? The grape nuts. Mr. Bubble, Ozzy and Harriet. All right, watch this thing. All right, we got another. We got another coffee humiliation ritual. Here we go. We'll watch another coffee humiliation ritual. Ainsburgers, I wouldn't be. My bad.
All right, that's the, uh, the Nelson boys. Brew burns up energy, milks the one drink that gives us the lasting vitality we need. Coffee, fresh, rich, deep in flavor. Coffee hot and dark, a whole lot of coffee. Have it. Coffee that warms and pleases your life a little, and for the time of a cupful, makes it that much more enjoyable. This is today's Sanka coffee. It is meant to be enjoyed a lot. Have more. Have a whole day of it. Only the richest coffee beans go into it. Only caffeine comes out of it. But you can't taste the caffeine in any cup of coffee. Have it right into the night. Just keep drinking that coffee. Today's Sanka coffee. Still remarkably 97% caffeine free. It comes in instant and ground. Another fine product of General Foods. Have a whole day of it. All right, here's the LSD commercial right here. What the hell is going on? What makes a melon ball bounce? A melon ball bounce. A melon ball bounce. What makes a melon ball bounce? The ice tart taste of Sprite. Sprite makes the melon ball bounce. The melon ball bounce. The melon ball bounce. Sprite has the tingle that counts. Make a melon ball bounce with Sprite. Make a melon ball fizz with Sprite. Make a melon ball punch with Sprite. Make a melon ball float with Sprite. Make a melon ball boat with Sprite. Imagine what you can do with Sprite. Create something new with Sprite. With a melon and a scoop and a bottle of Sprite, you can make the prettiest drinks in sight. Sprite has the tingle that counts. Ice tart taste makes any drink bounce. Why not start with a melon ball bounce by a garden of Sprite tonight? All right, I think that's an early Jim Henson uh, incarnation of his puppets because he was around back then. And like, <laughs> they've got synthesizers in that commercial. Again, really early synthesizer and kind of a strange um, hallucinogenic picture sprite. Very odd commercial. But again, this is, this is all like pre- you know, pre-Kennedy death, you know, pre-Beatles explosion, pre-rock and roll. Like, you're, 1963 is right on the cusp of this world getting ready to explode. And you can kind of see it in that commercial, right? You can hear the future a little bit with the synthesizers and, um, you know, the light trip and the Jim Henson puppets are just really bizarre. And we have, like, a, Lysol, lots of car commercials, big time Kirk from Dodge. So that's pretty much it for night. Well, <laughs> oh, those guys are great. All right, what do we got? Oh, we're almost out of time. Um, so I wanted to play a video of, let me see if I can squeeze this in. I hate to do it, but there was, there was a guy who announced this for the Atlanta Hawks. And this happened last night. I wanted to play this before we get out of here. And then tomorrow I'll get back to the Kanye thing because there's some things I want to talk about with that. Okay, so this happened last night. 
Atlanta Hawks are playing live. This young 19 years old come out on the floor each and every night, and he feels like he's belong. So I look for this kid to have a really good first half of the season. See that? As you see there, right there, everybody, that was a very scary. That guy just completely tweaked out. Tweaked out. They said he was dehydrated. Yeah, right. Right. We'll see how Subi comes back in as the Hawks announcer. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Um, thanks for being here. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to revisit some one of the things that Kanye said. We talked about sugar, homes and no fathers, and porn. I'm going to get into that tomorrow because that is really the cocktail. That is really the cocktail that fuels the trauma train. Okay, use your head in order to serve what's real. Your heart too said what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Thank you for being here. Um, Christmas music tomorrow. How about that? Take care. Shatari, your best. Bye for now.